Hi, I'm Rob Shear. I'm the founder of a national nonprofit called Comfort Cases. I'm an advocate for children in our foster care system, a public speaker, author of the book, A Forever Family, but most importantly, I'm the father of five children. Hi, I'm Dana McKay, and I saw Rob on The Ellen Show, and when I realized his organization was based right where I live, I knew I had to get involved. I'm also a radio host and now the director of communications for Comfort Cases. Our country's foster care system is shattered, and the podcast is about how we, as a community, can come together to bring about change, changing the system, and changing the lives of children in care. Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast. Today we are talking to Stephanie and Beatrice. They are sisters who both spent time in foster care, but they had different experiences. They are siblings who were separated, and they've both gone on to have beautiful lives, and we want to hear their stories. So thank you, ladies, for being with us. Thank you for having us. So I'm always excited when I talk to siblings because, one, I'm the youngest of 10 kids, and um, just like you and your sister, you know, I really didn't grow up with my siblings, um, so it's always interesting to hear the stories of siblings and how, you know, different each one of them. We had a sibling group on. Actually, we talked to them separately, Dana. Right. So we talked to your friend Carolyn Aronson and her sister, and they both had very different experiences, and I think they hadn't even met each other until later in life. Yeah, yeah, that was the case. So, so tell me, so was there any moment that you two were actually growing up together? Yeah, but it was a very short uh, period of time and it wasn't in foster care. So Stephanie, tell us um, about this, your situation when you did spend time together and which one of you is older? So Beatrice is older by, she's eight years older um, and we spent time together like when our aunt like basically told Beatrice to leave her house, her household. Um, and then Beatrice, like, I think 15 years of age when she moved in with me, my mom, my older brother was already living with us and my other, um, older sister. So we lived, I think, together for, I don't know if it was, like, was it even a year, Beatrice? I don't even think it was a year. No, I think it was like half a year. So and, and Beatrice, was, you were in, you were living with your aunt until you were 15? Yeah, so I was in foster care um, when I was seven uh, for a year, and then uh, my aunt took custody of uh, myself and um, two of my siblings. And Stephanie was actually, she was born um, that year that we went into foster care. Um, <clears throat> so uh, my aunt took custody of us, and I was with her from eight years old till 15 years old. Why at the age of 15? Uh, she couldn't, she couldn't take care of us any longer. Um, she started her own family. And so she, she had her own children. And, um, I think it was just a lot. It was, it was too much for her to handle. Um, and my brother and I were teenagers and, you know, teenagers are a lot. <laughs> And so she uh, wanted us to move back in with our mom. And I think she just really wanted to have uh, her her life with her children, her husband. And so then did you go back and live with your mom? I did. I went back. I lived with my mom for a little while, but I didn't like it there. I was really rough, a very small apartment. I think it was a two-bedroom apartment. 
there was no space, no privacy, um, and it just it just didn't feel safe. Uh, and at that time, I um, had a boyfriend in high school, <clears throat> my high school sweetheart, and uh, his family actually ended up uh, taking me in with them. So I moved in with my high school boyfriend uh, at like 15, 16 years old. Wow. And so, Stephanie, and what was your story during that time? Um, I was just, like, the whole entire time. I didn't even, I was, um, I didn't know anything about foster care at the time. Um, I just remember um, my mom would always say, like, oh, if you don't change your clothes or this and that, like, I'm going to, the government is going to take you. Like, she would always say that when I was little, like, talking about the government taking children. And I think she was trying to scare me. Um, so that I wouldn't, like, go to school and maybe talk about what was going on at home. I don't know. And she really did scare me. But, so I didn't know anything about foster care, really. Um, and then, what was it? I was just a normal kid, though. Like, I had friends that were, like, in the neighborhood. Sorry, I'm, like, walking around. Um, and they were just, like, they would honestly give me food sometimes. Like, my mom wasn't around sometimes, so... Her cooking dinner, like, that wasn't even a thing. So my neighbors would actually, like, give me food. And I, I think they just felt bad. Um, but no one called foster care. Like, I mean, no one called, like, what is it called? Um, Child and Family Services? Child yeah. <laughs> Child, yeah, no one called them. So, like, I lived with my aunt until I was 10 years old. And I think uh, out of my other siblings, I think the oldest someone was with an eight, my brother, when he was taken. So I was the only one out of my siblings to, like, stay with my mom that long. And we have two other siblings, but they were babies when they were taken away. So it's like, it was weird because I always wondered, well, when, once I got older, I was like, why wasn't I taken away when I was a baby? Like, my other siblings were already, like, in foster years. So to me, that was just, it's still weird. Like, I don't know. But... Yeah, that was my experience, really, living with my mom for all those years. And then what? how did you end up going into foster care? Um, I think what I had heard from a social worker was that my mom was digging through the trash, <laughs> which isn't surprising. I think I had seen her doing that. And literally, like, I, it's crazy to even say that because when I was little, I thought that was normal. Like, I was like, oh, that's just my mom, like, digging through the trash. Like, and that's so sad. But, yeah, that's what my social worker had told me at the time, that, like, someone had seen her doing that, and so they called Child Protective Services. And um, another thing is we were evicted from our apartment in White Oak, so that was, like, the start of everything, I think. And we were, like, renting rooms after that, and it was her boyfriend and me in one little room, which is really, like, inappropriate. Like, the social worker said that. And my, I think my mom just thought it was fine because she was just, like, used to living in small spaces. But, yeah, so my, the social worker was like, no, this is inappropriate. And eventually I was taken in. Wow. I mean, that is unbelievable. So, couple of questions. Number one, um, and this is to Beatrice. Do you st- are you in touch with your bio mother still? Yes, I am. And what about all your siblings? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm in contact with all of them. And do you all live locally to each other? 
Uh, yeah, we're pretty local. I think we're all about maybe 20, 30 minutes away from each other. What's the youngest? Our youngest sibling is uh, 10. And the, t- the 10-year-old lives with your mom? No. So um, after uh, Stephanie and Cassandra, so we Stephanie was taken into foster care with our other sister, um, Cassandra. They were split up, though, in, in different types of homes because um, Cassandra needed a therapeutic foster home. She was battling, uh, you know, other issues like depression and uh, just a lot, a lot of things that, that needed, required, like, more attention. When they were taken away, um, we were going through a lot of, um, like, child support, and I actually had to testify against my mother in court, um, and we just have to make it known that this is a pattern of hers, and, you know, it was happening with every single child, so... Um, when she did have our last two um, siblings, they were automatically taken away from her as soon as she gave birth. Um, it was uh, it was ruled by the court that she she would no longer be able to um, care for children and, and keep them with her. And how many siblings so are there total? So it's six of us in total. Okay, so. God, what a can of worms. I mean, seriously, like, first of all, where where in the world is the state not coming in and getting your mom the help that she needs, the psychiatric help that she needs, you know, paying her a living wage, um, teaching her parenting classes, give her job skills, but instead we just go and yank her kids away because, you know, I, I'm just, I'm lost about this. Yeah, well, they tried. Um, when she was... Uh like when we were taken into foster care, um, my brother and I and Cassandra, uh, this was before Stephanie was born, um, when we were taken into foster care, they offered her um, therapy and parenting classes and all types of resources. And she did try to take them at first. Um, and she, uh, she did go to some classes, but she never followed all the way through with it. Um, so they tried, they, they always tried to help her actually, but she, um, I think one, one thing maybe we haven't mentioned is that, um, she has been diagnosed with, uh, bipolar disorder, um, and mild schizophrenia. So that comes into play as well, um, for mental health. Yeah. I, I mean, we, mental health is, is it's everywhere and, and people with mental health crisis, but I just feel like you know, we could have gotten her a mentor. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I mean, I will tell you, I think that foster care is um, not the answer. I think that, you know, um, building our families up and coming in and supporting our families and trying to figure out a healing way to our families make our community stronger. And I just feel, you know, I mean, does your mom have any, I mean, you said that you have a relationship with her and does she have a relationship with the 10 year old? No, she doesn't. Not with the last two, um, uh, the 10-year-old and the 12-year-old. She, um, because they were adopted, um, they had to, they had to stop any type of, like, contact. Do you Um, have any contact with them? Yes, I do. Okay, good, 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 good. I think everybody, you know, I have have five kids. I'm sorry. I was going to say I have five kids, and um, I think it's very important for every child to know where they come from. 
Um, not every relationship is healthy and not every relationship should happen, but you know, if it can happen, it should happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, their parents are actually, um, they're amazing. They, from the very beginning, they wanted, um, the kids to know their biological uh, siblings. Uh, they knew that it would help them, you know, in the process and in finding out like that they are adopted, it felt like it would be a little easier on them um, if they still had like their biological siblings around. Both your college college educated? Um, I I didn't finish college. I went to Montgomery College, but dropped out. I Which, by the way, is a great college. My son is in his freshman year there. <laughs> um, oh, nice. So, do you have either one of you have children? No, I don't. No, we don't. Very good, very good. And Stephanie just graduated from Charleston University. I know, (laughs) I know. I'm very (laughs) proud of her. I got to actually sit in my office and talk with her. I'm so excited. I always get excited when I talk to college graduates because I know that our future is bright. So, um, and only three percent of people in foster care end up going on to graduate. So that's a huge accomplishment. So, how did you get there, Stephanie? What's where you went into foster care when you? Uh, we're about 10 years old, you said. And, and so then what happened? Um, I lived in the Dominican Bonnie family for four years. I, um, it was like, I just, I mean, Beatrice was messing. I don't know if she was too fond of me. It's like, I didn't feel like part of the family. Um, and the social workers that I had, I felt like they were pressured to get me adopted. Like, I was, I think, 12 years old. And um, one of my social Oh, we should adopt you. Like you're 12 years old. You're Hispanic. Like not many um, 12 year old Hispanic girls are adopted, and all this stuff. And I just didn't realize that long to the family. So why would I be adopted? And um, um, I was there for four years, like I said. And then I moved on to this home, which has been a lot better. Like I was, I think, yeah, 14 going on 15, and. Uh, my foster mom is a lawyer, and my foster dad is an executive for um, a nonprofit. So, um, and my foster mom doesn't practice law right now. But my whole point is, like, they are so they're successful themselves. So they are able, they were able to like mold me, and like they also showed me like how to set goals. And um, like I would always say. Like they would, my foster dad would always say this. <laughs> it's funny. He would be like, um, "Graduate high school, uh, graduate college, don't get pregnant." Like that was his thing. It sounds like what I say to my children. <laughs> I say the same thing to my kids. Number one, graduate from high school. That's all Daddy asks you to do because we know that only fifty-four percent of kids from foster care actually graduate. Number two. Go to college. Get a college education. That is your only job. And number three, please do not come home pregnant or with a tattoo. (laughs) Listen, ladies, I am so, so excited to see the fact that you two have a bond between each other, a sisterly bond that, you know, cannot be broken and even the system cannot break that. Um, Do you consider yourself close? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're... um I think, yeah, we're very close. Like, I just think um, the only one that we're, I'm not as close as my oldest brother, but that's because he has mental illness himself. And um, he lived, he also was living with my mom for a long time. So that could have, like, contributed to it. 
Um, but I'm also very close to my other older sister, Cassandra, and she has two kids. Um, and she kind of got, you know, she became a mother kind of early on. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm very close to all my siblings, I think. And I think me and, um, Beatrice and Cassandra, like, we're all closer in age. So I think that helps. But with the younger two, um, they're still growing up. So I think once they get older, we'll definitely be a lot closer. But we, I still try to see them. Like, now because of the pandemic, I can't really go over there. But, um, once it's done, I think I'll be able to go back and visit with them more. And how do you think that you ended up being so close despite the fact that you were separated for so long? Um, Beatrice, do you want to answer that? Um, I think that it had a lot to do with um, the family that adopted our little brother and sister. Um, they really wanted us to be close. And so they set up a lot of like visitation and um, you know made a lot of time for us to be able to uh, hang out and um, and be together, and um, I guess we just kind of continued that. Um, I don't know. We just we've always had a, a pretty good bond, um, even though we haven't really lived together uh, long, and maybe didn't you know we didn't grow up together, but we've I don't know we've always had a, a bond and a connection. Well, that's amazing. And that's that's great to hear about the people who adopted your younger siblings, that they wanted to really create that closeness to the biological family, because a lot of times, you know, you don't see that happen. You see um, parents that, you know, they want to adopt a child, but they don't want to involve anybody else that was a part of that child's biological life. They want to build a new life with that child. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I was so surprised that they that their mentality was that way. And um, I, I believe everything happens for a reason in life. And I'm just, I'm so glad that they they became, um, you know, the parents and that, that was their mindset. And, you know, we, we became close and we stayed close. Um, and I think we're going to be this way forever. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's what a great, what a great podcast. It really warms my heart because the fact is, is that we all have choices and you ladies have definitely made the right choice. And I am so, so impressed with your siblings, adoptive parents, because that's a very hard thing to do. Um, but they show that, you know, the more people that love children, the better children will turn out. You know, we always end our podcast the same way. Um, so Dana, take it away. So um, we'll have each one of you answer. Um, if you could change two things about the foster care system, what would they be? And Beatrice, why don't you go first? If I could change two things about the foster care system, it would be um, probably, for me, I, I enjoyed foster care. Um, I, I think that it, it really brought uh, happiness and um, a new meaning to life and, like, family. Um, so for me, I honestly would have loved to stay in foster care uh, much longer um, so it would have been like nice to have, uh, to have that ability to choose as a child, um, whether we want to stay with the foster family or, you know, go with our bio- um, biological family. And the, the second thing would be, um, I would probably say, uh, talking, like having more awareness, um, more foster care, uh, awareness. 
um, talking about it more in schools or um, social media or uh, just just getting it across to people more, giving out more information, getting people more educated. Because um, a lot of people are like uh, don't have much knowledge about it. A lot of people end up fearing it because people fear the unknown. So it would be good to just um, have more more awareness. Absolutely. Love that answer. And that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a first, too, by the way. It is. Um, Stephanie, what are your two answers? um, I wish that foster youth that are older, um, that they're not as, I don't think they're not as pressured to, like, say yes to a family if, like, a family is willing to adopt them. Because I just remember that whole process, and it was, like, crazy. like, I remember my social worker had asked my uh, foster family if they wanted to adopt me, and basically my foster mom was just like, yes, but she didn't ask my foster dad. So then my foster dad's like, no, we, we're too old to adopt any more children. And um, so basically they had to go back to the social worker and say, no, we can't adopt her. It was this whole thing. And mind you, I didn't even like the family. So <laughs> I didn't even want to be adopted by them. So I just feel like that was a really, like, scary time in my life. It was, like, my own social worker is trying to get me adopted by a family who I didn't even see myself living with or, like, or talking to for the rest of my life. So that's, like, thing. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. I don't... I guess, like, yeah, more education on the foster care system. Um, not even, like people, more education to get people to be foster parents, but just um, some people may not want to be foster parents. They may want to, like, help out in other ways, like give donations and stuff like that, because it's, like, um, tutoring, for example. Like, that helped me out a lot uh, growing up, and to get into college, I had to get a tutor. And, like, so I don't know if there could be, like, donations or something um, for youth, Um to get the resources they need to succeed. More resources all around for kids that are about to age out of foster care who need that help to get them to the next point in life. Absolutely, we agree no, with I that. No, I agree. I agree. And, yep. you know, when it comes to so my oldest son is 19. He's going to be 20 in January. And I know my son Alex listens to the podcast, so he's going to hear me talking about him. But he asked his my husband and I, um, I guess it was a, about a month ago, maybe. Um, but he just asked us again. And so we just, we have our first adoption meeting this week, but he has to be adopted. And so I agree with you that, you know, kids, you know, should have their own voice. Well, listen, ladies, it has been so enjoyable. I cannot thank you enough. Um, I, I really think that it is amazing to hear you share the stories. And I will tell you, there's been some surprising things that you shared. And I don't think I've ever met anyone that has been in the system or who hasn't been adopted, by the way, um, that said that they wish they could stay in the system longer. So that was a little eye-opener for me, but I, I love the fact when my eyes perk up a little bit. So listen, keep doing what you're doing, keep being great humans, and um, where can everybody hear this podcast? Um, so people can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, and Deezer. And we are also at comfortcases.org slash podcast. That's where we will have links to follow Stephanie and Beatrice on social media and learn more about them. And don't forget, when you listen... 
please leave a review. And please. share the podcast, too. Yes, that's right. And share the podcast. The more people that we can touch, the more we can educate our communities. Listen, everybody, have a great day. And do not forget, always be a good human. Thanks, ladies. Have a good day. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Dana and I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. And check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org. So everybody, we want to hear your stories. So reach out to us if you would like to be a guest on the podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Rob Shear, Instagram at Rob underscore Shear, and on Twitter at Rob Shear 6. And please share this podcast and leave us a review. Remember, we're all part of the same community. Your zip code, it's not your community, but it's our human race. Let's all make a difference.